Everything's coming up to to Timberwolves. Yeah, yeah. In the zone, simple dedication to the team when you're in the know. To to Timberwolves. Yeah, yeah. In the soul, lifting all the positivity for the wolves to grow. So where we going from here, man? We listen week to week to get the clearest to clear. Recaps, got that. South cap, got that. Team ads, got that. So tell me what they do not have, huh? Question to ask, but I don't mean to go brag. But boy, they got all the stats, and they could go all the way back from KG to Zerbiak. And all I'm saying is that the cast a one stop shot for my timber wolves. Timber wolves, ain't a thing falling, everything's coming up. Timber wolves, timber wolves, falling from the autumn, ain't nobody gonna stop him. It's the timber wolves, timber wolves, phonies, you can spot them, they the sheep under their clothes. Timber wolves, timber shooting guard from the Minnesota Timberwolves making his all-star game debut Ant-Man Anthony Edwards Welcome into the Everything's Coming Up Timberwolves podcast. My name is Gabe Anderson as the intro showed and I'm joined as always by Chris Emerson. Chris, how we doing? I got a little bit of snow mold allergies or something going on right now with the snow oh, melting. Really? So I'm a little bit, a little bit nasty that way. But other than that, I'm all good. You know, uh, cats back, wolves are looking better. So let's uh, let's make a playoff push. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. I work at a school, and there's uh, who knows who's carrying what. So I could easily be exposed to whatever disease at any time. Um, <laughs> so by the way, uh, we have another friend, uh, joining us on the podcast today and, uh, it's, uh, Anthony Edwards, um, got, picked up this and actually picked up two of these, as you can see, kind of, he bobbles. So he, uh, he, he lives up to the hype of that. And not only does he bobble, I'm trying to keep it in frame. It's difficult when it's reversed. Uh, let's see, let's keep it in frame. Okay. So I go, it's it's kind of like when you're steering an airplane up is down kind of thing, you know. Uh, there we go. And not only does he bobble, this little guy, Ant Jr., bobbles as well. So yeah, pick that it. up. He, he'll he'll be watching, he'll be watching the rest of the podcast right next to me. And hopefully, like I was saying uh uh to Chris in the before the show. Maybe the extra one I got of these will pay for my kid's college or something. I don't know. We'll we'll see. But like you said, maybe Bernie Sanders will make it free. So who knows? Might be the uh, only chance that you'll get enough for a bobblehead. That's true. That's true. But, I mean, the, if he's a Hall of Famer. The Timberwolves, the Timberwolves have really stepped up their bobbleheads this year. I think they had a, a Carl Anthony Towns and Gobert. I think they might have been together on one. Um and we had – I'm not sure about that one, but then the D'Lo one was really cool right before we traded him. Um, and then this Anthony Edwards one, I mean, those are – they're well done. They're not just like this simple, like, stick on a head and a different jersey on the same body kind of thing. Right. And what I like about it is you see this a lot of times in, um, like, corporate sponsorship. There's not, like, a big, like, target on it or so like you know like like a target symbol on it that makes right. it just look dated and stupid that because i feel yeah. like they could have easily done that and made money off of that but they didn't and i, I appreciate that a lot <laughs> like all the giveaways they used to have when we were little it's like oh you get a a free hat and then when you get it it has like a giant dairy queen emblem on the whole side and yeah like, oh, yeah yeah twins, 
I was a Twins fan back in the day, and there was always like the yeah the Dairy Queen like Twins hat giveaway. So you're basically just becoming an ad for Dairy Queen is what you're doing. Yeah, not uh, my thing. Yeah, yeah, me neither. Well, anyway, like I said, this is the Everything's Coming Up Timberwolves podcast. Make sure to like, share, and subscribe. Help us grow and tell a friend as well. And if you're listening on Spotify, make sure to give us a five-star review because it goes a long way. And subscribe as well so you never miss an episode. So I was going to put it in the intro. Unfortunately, I ran out of time to uh, remake the intro. Uh, Obviously, the big news from last night, Carl Anthony Towns, has returned. I didn't think it would ever happen. <laughs> well, okay, part of me thought but the, the optimistic side was like, yeah, he's going to come back. Everything will be fine. But then uh, then the, the realist part of me was like, uh, he's never going to come back. But your overall thoughts on A, Cat coming back, and two, just his how he looked on the court, like how we meshed with everything, what we got going forward, just your, your thoughts. I mean, it's super exciting to have this team finally together. I mean, we have all the talent that we've been paying for all season, um, soon to be all on the court together. Um, and that's huge for us. I mean, we need that talent. We, we are, uh, you know, we're in a playoff hunt and now with Carl Anthony Towns, Talent for talent, we're as good as probably anybody in the Western Conference um, currently, or pretty damn close. So I'm mm-hmm. happy about that. Um, how he looked, um, he looked like a guy who didn't know. He looked like a guy who was like cheating on a test or something, or like, like it. It seemed to me like he, he looked like a guy we just traded for mid-season, and he didn't know any of the plays. He didn't know any of the defensive coverages. Um, that's what it kind of looked like to me. There's a lot of times when four guys for the Wolves were cutting and spacing and moving the ball and stuff, and you saw it on the screen, like, you know, McDaniels flashing through and, and Connolly cutting through. And then it's like, well, where's Cat? And the whole time Cat's just, like, standing at the three-point line. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, there's going to be some of that where he has to get to get up to game speed with these guys. I mean, he's only had a couple practices. Um, so we'll see how long he can get up to speed. Uh, you know, I think he's been away from the team for a lot of this time, too. Like, I don't think he's been in the meetings. I don't think he's been in the video room, which to me kind of bugged me. But I don't know how that stuff works. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just good to see him. You know, I just want to see him out there. I want to see, um, even if he doesn't play that well, I mean, he shot okay. Um, I think it was like 8 of 18. That's not amazing by any means. But, um, you know, he still is a threat now. And he's a threat that people have to, other teams have to account for, which will open up other things. So um, hopefully on, what is it, Sunday? Sunday, yeah. Days which is perfect timing to get some practice in. Um, hopefully when Edwards comes back, we can, uh, we can, we can look like a full team again. It's perfect in two ways. Like you were saying, get some practice. Like, for example, it was kind of like the, do you remember right after we got Mike Conley, we played Memphis like a day later and he looked lost. Like he didn't have, he didn't have chemistry with Rudy. He was turning the ball over a little bit. Wasn't being too effective. You give him, give him a couple days to practice. And then he pulls off like that game he had, against the Mavs and I think I saw not to go off on Con- I'll go back to Cat in a second I did hear a stat on Conley that uh 
he had a total of one 20-point game with the Utah Jazz this season. He's got three already with us. So, I mean, like, yeah, what a win. What a win on that. But but to get back on Cat, like you said, I, I think the defense is going to take a little bit of time. There was some time, and I'm not a 100% if Cat was on the court or not, but there were a couple possessions where the Hawks um, – Definitely, like, they, they lost coverage on the back end after they setting a screen. And then Capella was was open for a couple lob dunks. Uh, I think they got – There was Cat. Yeah. A couple of times there was Cat. He needed to come down and be the low man. Yeah. And the thing is, is he's never really been a wing defender in that type of thing. Because mm-hmm. um, it was literally the same defense as we ran last year. So he should be accustomed to it. But the difference was is – he was playing the wing at the time of some of that. And Nas Reed was guarding the center. So right. um, he's just got to figure it out. And uh, if he wants to be a super max player and a superstar, like he wants to be, um, he better figure it out fast. If you're that type yeah. of player and you want to be in that sort of, uh, you know, talked about in that sort of realm, um, you don't have a lot of time. To, that's not, that's not an option. So mm-hmm. Uh, it's just good to have them back, and let's see where we go. Yeah, for sure. Now, like what I do like, what I what I really liked. Oh, I should mention the other thing that's great about not playing till Sunday is we got a uh, time for him to rest up a little bit. Um, I would imagine, unless they have a setback, I would imagine Ant would be back on Sunday. You got to imagine, right? I mean, if if they're going to list him as questionable, like they have, if if they're not going to come out and say, okay, Ant's going to be out for a couple weeks, then you got to imagine he's going to be back on Sunday. Like, like you, you just, you just have to. And, but, but, but what I, what I was going to, oh, go, you got thoughts on that? Or I was just going to say, word is, is he is going to be back. And they just wanted a little extra time because yeah. we're playing back to backs versus Golden State and uh, the Kings or whatever. And, they're yep. like must win games. So, yeah, that's. I mean, now obviously the 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 one downside of not playing for a little bit is you have to sit there and watch other teams like either win or lose. Like for example, we saw the Lakers last night beat the Suns, which is an ideal for us. Uh, Jazz lost last night, which was good. Um, but then again, it's kind of like. Uh, like cut off your arm to cut off your leg, if, if something like that. Like it's basically who do you want to play in the play-in? Yeah. Now we we could catch we could catch the Warriors, but I still like the Warriors' chances, even though I don't know what's going on with them with the ro- on the road. Like I I still don't get it. Uh, but yeah. So anyway, so uh, another another thing I I noticed last night, and uh, we can talk about it now as well is. We're going to have to pay Nas Reed at the end of the season. And we have three centers right now. And I, I know we want to talk about like this season, everything, but it's a glaring, it's a glaring thing. When you're, you have three centers and combining for, I don't know, like 60 points or something like that, maybe 50, 60 points. And then you have ants also putting up 20 to 25, maybe 30 points. That's basically most of your points. So my question is, what are the chances that we signed Nasri this offseason? Are and are we going to be able to? And can you justify paying three centers? So I think it all comes down to what he's asking for. I don't think we 
Yeah, I don't know. I, I would say the only reason, the only way we're going to put big money down is if Carl Anthony Towns is traded. Um, okay. I don't see. I just don't. I just don't see it. I, I don't see how it works. I don't see how you can have that much money tied up in in the center position um, when it's kind of a dying field. And, and I get it that um, Gobert and Cat play together, so it's like power forward and center. But mm-hmm. it needs to be. It, I just don't see us putting that money in into another one. Yeah, yeah, I I don't either, and that's the problem. And I I know that you love Nas. I mean, you made that very clear on the show. It's just it's going to be a hard one to to see him go. And you know when he and if he leaves. Every night, every night that Rudy has a bad game and Nas has a good game, we're going to see, and I bring it up all the time, we're going to see the posts on Twitter of the Wolverine holding the photo, and then you look at the photo, and then it's Nas Reed on, like, the Hornets or something like that. So, yeah, I mean, like, it's it's going to be tough to get rid of him, but <laughs> paying three centers in today's NBA, now I know we're changing the narrative or whatever of, Oh, we're going big. We're we're not doing what the rest of the NBA is doing. But in some capacity, you 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 can't you just can't pay three centers. I don't know. Now well, I did. Also, oh, go ahead. Unless go ahead. you're playing them all 25, 30 minutes a game, which exactly. you know there's forty eight minutes for each position. So if you go power forward and center, that's you know, almost a hundred minutes there. So you could have all three of them play 25, 30 minutes a game easily, and it could work. Except now you've got slow-mo who was our number one free agent. We, we, you know, we spent, gave him a two-year contract. So like, is he going to play it? Well, then are we going to push him to the small forward? Well, Mm -hmm. we'd have to, if we're playing those three, well then where's, where's McDaniels going to play? Yeah, you know, is he gonna do some small forward and then shooting guard? Well, maybe. Like that's a huge lineup. I mean, it would come down to, you know, are we going to keep maybe all the way down to Mike Connolly, and then it comes down to like last night when we made our big run, um, our smallest guy on the court was Torian Prince, and we basically had, um, uh, slow mo at point guard, which isn't too out of the realm of his abilities. So there's a real sense that we might run a lineup of Anthony Edwards, uh, McDaniels, slow-mo, Cat, and Gobert. And if we do that, then we can maybe keep Nas because we're going to need a Nas to back up those two bigs who are going to be, you know, getting in foul trouble and tired. So it's not completely unbelievable, but it comes down to minutes more than even money to me. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, it's a salary cap sport, so that's important. But I'm not going to pay a guy $20 million a year when he's playing nine minutes a game or whatever we're going to play now. Right. If if we're not if we're not making some, you know, interesting lineup changes, so we'll see. I mean, this offseason is going to be wild. I don't think it's out of the question that we move cat. And I don't think it's out of the question that we somehow try to keep Nas. I mean, we have the mid-level exception we can use. We have ways we can keep them. Right. But uh, we're going to have an interesting roster, and it'd be it'd be fun to watch. But we would be huge. We'd be a huge team. I mean, um, yeah. Which isn't terrible. Now, now you, you mentioned I, I was as I was watching the uh, the 
the starting lineups last night and, and the, the announcer announcing all the heights of these guys. Like, we're already a huge team. Like, so you got Mike Conley at 6'1", whatever, he's the point guard. And then we got, <laughs> then we got like 6'5", 6'9", 6'11", 7'. Like, that's huge. That That's so, yeah. that's so it, like, compared to what the rest of the NBA is doing, like, that's. And McDaniels is seven feet tall. Yeah. Like, they list him at, whatever they list him at is completely fictitious. Like, if you watch him stand next to any of our other, he's definitely taller than Nas Reed. Uh-huh. And I've seen many times where he's standing next to Carl Anthony Towns and he looks noticeably taller than Carl Anthony Towns. Um, so I don't think that that's anywhere close to an accurate thing. So it's probably closer to, you know, six one, six five, seven foot, six eleven, seven one. Right. Which is pretty impressive. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Uh, so my question here, here's another question with Cat coming back, and that I wonder. So for example, Cat came in with about two minutes left in the game. Obviously, they were doing load management, right? Like he 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 would have been in much earlier if they weren't. Now I did hear something. Well, he decided not to come in earlier. Yeah, yeah. I, they were going to sub him in earlier, and Nas was balling. And I supposedly Cat told Finch to hold on and let Nas play for a while yeah. more because he's playing so. Well, I heard which that is too. Awesome. But my question is: Is Cat going to be okay? And this might lead to him getting traded if he's not. Um, is Cat going to be okay in crunch time deferring to Ant? And, and that's that's going to be a big question going forward. Do you think – now, he, I was listening to the post-game interview. Obviously, a lot of it was like, rah, rah, I'm back. Like, like man, that this was a movie, stuff like that. Uh, but he is – now, we went to Cat. Obvi- obviously, with no Ant, we went to Cat at the end. He ends up drawing the foul, making two clutch free, which, to his credit, two clutch free throws when you needed them. The Wolves don't always do that. <laughs> so No, it's great. It's a terrible movie ending, though, but it's a great ending of a game. It was. It was. So, do you think that's going to be an issue? Like, partic- like let's, let's say these next eight games. Now, I assume a lot of them – are going to be close just by just just with the with the the talent on each of these teams, like the Warriors, the Kings, the Lakers. These are going to be some close games. We're not going to unless we shoot like we did in the Knicks game somehow. Right. We're not going to run away with any of these games. Is Cat going to be okay to deferring to Ant, or are they going to be, or is it going to be a system where it's who's ever running the hot hand? Now, do you think that'll be an issue or no? I would I'm going to go two ways. I think it probably is going to be kind of an issue and it shouldn't be. Um cuz Carl Anthony Towns isolation game is not what I ever want to see to end a game. Mm-hmm. It's always I mean he's terrible at it in my opinion. Um when when it's I mean when he when he does like one or two dribbles and maybe that's different but like like that last play looked terrible like he was driving they pushed him so far out away from the basket that even if he didn't get fouled he was going to be taking a shot from like 10 feet to the side of the hoop I mean he didn't have a good angle um he got bailed out on like a real sloppy foul where like both guys just sort of like fell over each other like Mm -hmm. really awkwardly like it wasn't 
a graceful, beautiful play where you're like, that's our alpha leader that's going to ISO us into the championship. Like, mm-hmm. it was kind of ugly. What I would way rather see is Anthony Edwards with his ISO game drive and maybe kick to a guy like Cat, yep. or at least have him yeah. as one of the options. Um, that's going to be a way more successful play, I think, in the long run. But we'll see. Um, yeah, like I don't want to say anything bad about Cat because I'm so happy he's back. But watching him play last night really sparked my mind on how much I am excited to see if we can move him in the offseason. I just don't love his style of basketball. And and there was always this talk about him for Trey Young. And, and there are similar type of entities where I kind of hate watching both of them play, but oh, they're both God. very effective. Like, if you're just looking at box scores, both those guys are super good. But watching them play, it's just not beautiful. It's not smooth. No. It doesn't look, like, coordinated. It looks – it's just not for me. Um, so we'll see. I hope Anthony Edwards closes the games. I think he's earned that right. I think to do anything different would be a slap in his face. Mm-hmm. And I don't think we need to worry about how Cat feels right now because – you know, we're trying to win games, and right. Anthony Edwards is as valuable, if not more, to this franchise than Carl Anthony Towns is. I agree. And it's the future. Like, it's 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 pretty clear at this point. And the present. And the I present, think he yeah. is the present also. Yeah. You know, I don't think I don't think he should ever take a back seat to Carl Anthony Towns again. No, I I to, I totally uh, I totally agree with you. Now you were mentioning Trey Young, and I, I just wanted to bring this up. Now. We have the hindsight of watching the game on a TV, so or or like on the scoreboard, so we can see that we we can we're, we're not in the moment, obviously. But some of these calls that Trey Young gets are just ridiculous. Like we didn't we didn't touch him, and then the and then the refs association has the gall to come out like, oh. Yeah, yeah, the the play that we missed was the Sadiq Bay putback. Like, come on, like, yeah, the the I I'm sorry, but the ref cost us at least at least six or seven points last night. Like, yep. where, oh, it's unbelievable. Where where it would have been an air ball. It would have been an air ball on our ball. We we should have won that game not comfortably, I don't think, but we should have won that game by six or seven points, which is pretty damn comfortable. Yeah. I was uh, I was doing a little math earlier because I was on a little rant about the referees um, on, a, on a page, and I was like, they give they can easily swing five to six points every single game, easily, like without putting in much effort. The referees can do that just on poor calls alone. Yeah. And the difference between the number two scoring team in the NBA, the Golden State Warriors, and the number twenty six scoring team in the NBA the Orlando magic is like six points Mm -hmm. a game. So that's saying that referees, bad calls can easily take you from being the Orlando magic to the golden state warriors a game, every game. Mm -hmm. And I'll tell you what, I'll almost guarantee you teams like the Orlando magic probably get bad calls every game. Mm -hmm. And teams like golden state warriors get great calls every game so it's very possible that 
they could be switched. You know, it's it's unbelievable. And and what pisses me off the most about guys like Trey Young getting those calls he got last night is it's not like this was the first time he's gotten those no. calls. Like he gets those crap calls every single game. The NBA literally made a rule specifically to stop those calls from being called on him. And it lasted for about a week and a half before, you know, the maybe the superstars started complaining or the NBA realizes the stars aren't getting the calls they want anymore and switch back. You haven't heard a, a peep about that. I haven't seen an offensive foul for a guy stopping short and jumping backwards into the defender yet. Yeah. Although it was a huge point of evidence what i'm trying to say uh Ephesus. huge point emphasis yes in the off season so i don't know man the, the refereeing in the nba has gotten really bad and it needs to be they need to adjust it before it ends up affecting the quality of the game to the point it is and it's very possible that it, it could come to a head in these playoffs if a team like um the sixers go far and Embiid flops his way oh to gosh. a couple of playoff wins. I can't watch. I can't watch the Sixers. I can't. Let's say it's in the. Let's say it's Game Seven of the title game, and Embiid shoots twenty free throws on these things where he just dives to the ground without being called, and they win a title. It comes back, and they review it, and they find out like ten of those free throws were BS. Like mm-hmm. maybe that's what we need to change the way this is, this is being uh, raft, but it's, it's, it's embarrassing. Yeah. It's really bad. And, and it's from the guy that Fred Van Fleet just put on blast and literally got demoted. Yeah. Well, apparently he didn't get demoted too much because he was the head ref in that game. So I don't, Oh no, he did get demoted. He yeah. got demoted from playing from refereeing big market teams to refereeing teams like the Timberwolves. Yeah. Now that's his demotion. Now, you, so now, so now we got to deal with him. You you mentioned uh, that Trey Young that he's been doing it forever, uh, and it's funny because um, I, I like I went to I went to the game with my Atlanta Hawks uh, friends who watches I would say seventy five percent of the games of the Atlanta Hawks. He's got league pass and everything. I'm like yeah. I'm like this is all this is all BS. And he's like yeah yeah Trey does that all the time. <laughs> so, yeah. so I mean, but it's not Trey's fault. No, like the, the classic line, "Don't hate the player, hate the game," is very, very apt. Is very apt for this. Mm-hmm. Like, if they're going to give you those calls, keep doing it because it's for the better of your team yeah. to do it. He scored like thirty points on six made field goals last yeah. night. That's unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, I literally think most – I mean, they made a couple shots to their credit. But most of their run where they were up 11, I think, was the free throws. I mean, that that's the yep. only reason they were in the game. And to the Wolves' credit, on the other end, they did make free throws last night. They missed a couple, but not bad Which is like, amazing for like, like they have in the past couple games. But, man, it is frustrating watching. I used to really like Trey's, like, floater, which is kind of nice. His floater game's pretty good. But like he's unbelievable. Yeah, but just oh man, that was frustrating. And I'll tell you what, I don't think I don't think that his overall game or even statistics would even be affected too much if the league completely shut that crap off. I think he'd be like, okay, then I'll just score this other way. Like I think he's talented enough where he doesn't need to do it. Mm-hmm. But if you're gonna give me free shots and I'm gonna put the team in foul trouble. 
hell yeah, I'm going to do it. And, and you should. Yeah. It's it's the league that's to blame, not Trey Young, not Embiid, not Harden, not Luca, not John Morant. None of those guys are to blame for being bailed out on these BS calls or even for flopping on them. Right. Unless you're talking about like if you're if you're, you know, a man, you wouldn't play like that or whatever. But like they're trying to win. You know? Right. Yeah, I I, to- I totally agree. And it's just, man, it's it's tough. I, I feel like I like I said, since since he's my friend, I've been keeping up with kind of the Hawks a little bit. I feel like the not to make this a Hawks podcast. But I feel like they've had the exact same season as us. Like I saw a stat, they've been hovering around five. They've been either one game under five hundred or one game above five hundred for like the last like three you, or I four months. Like, did you like twenty six games or something like that? In a yeah, row. yeah. They've just been they've just been kind of going like, which is basically what we've been doing, right? Now we yeah. were. We, we, we were way below five, like we were two games above below 500. So I guess not exactly, but it's basically what we basically had the same season. The only difference is we beat the Hawks twice. <laughs> so, and we had an all-star out the entire season. Yeah, exactly. Now they didn't have DeJounte last night, but that was just last night. Right. And yeah, they were, they're, they're probably the most, if I was a fan, I would say the Hawks are probably the most frustrating team to be a fan of. Because if you're looking at that roster, you're like, we have starting level NBA talent all the way down to like the 13th guy on our roster. Mm-hmm. And I mean, they even, it's unbelievable the talent that they have and uh, they just can't win. So I don't know what it is. Yeah, Sadiq. Sadiq Bay is nice. He's a nice player. He I like him, and they got him for – I don't even know how they got him. I don't. Second-round pick, yeah. That's unbelievable. Yeah, that's a steal. I mean, they've got Bogdanovich. They've got Hunter. They've got Trey. They've got um, they've got two two or three great bigs. They got – yeah, they, I mean, it's unbelievable what they have. But you got to win games. Paper – you can't win on paper. Right. I I like Bogdan a lot. Uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich. Yeah. He's nice. John Collins. I mean, they've been trying to trade him since I was in high school, which was 10 years yeah. ago. So yeah. he wasn't even in the league yet. So he still um, wanted to move his rights. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Before they even had him. Uh, but yeah. So yeah, the Hawks are frustrating and I, yeah, it's uh, let, let's not make this a Hawks podcast. But what I do want to talk about uh, the guy that we were talking about, the guy who's had three 20 point games with the Wolves. Now, I know that he didn't have one last night, but he was solid last night. I think he had like 13 points, eight assists. I know he had like six at halftime. So uh, Mike Conley, I think he's fitting in well. I, I think now, obviously, like like we keep saying, he's not the same player as D'Angelo Russell. He's not going to go and get you 35 points or something like that on a night. But he's playing well, I think. He's playing awesome. And he said that he's really starting to get in the flow. Um, He's picked up this team really quick to the point where he said he's anticipating play calls that Finch would say. He used to have to watch Finch to, you know, get the calls all the time and what's going next. He said now – he anticipates it. He's making his own calls. He's reading the game himself. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, he is exactly what we need. Um, and, and it's not like we need him for this year. And it's not even like we need him for Timberwolves 
success. We need him for teaching this style of basketball to Anthony Edwards. Mm -hmm. I really do believe that our push right now is for Anthony Edwards to be Jason Tatum, to be um, Harden, to be Luca, to be Durant, to be Paul George, to be the, the big like wing guy that can initiate your offense and also be, you know, a big time score. Um, so I think him getting this, this bird's eye view, or maybe even closer of uh, Connolly running a team the way it needs to be run is just adding pieces to, you know, adding tools to his tool belt. So hopefully in a year or two, Anthony Edwards will be ready to ascend to damn near MVP level abilities with mm-hmm. you know play creation as one of his new tools honestly what and i've been thinking about this for a little bit if obviously things need to go well for this to happen like things need to go ideal but could yeah. you imagine being in the same division like i i feel like in the near near future every single thunder versus wolves game is going to be nationally televised tv because Shea Gildress Alexander, by him now, I know he's got Josh Giddy, who I love. Josh Giddy, he's a great player. He's kind of he's kind of like a better slow mo, in my opinion. He'll put up tri- triple doubles, um, but he's obviously got the younger and, and more upside. But like, we could form a great rivalry with the Thunder because Shea Gildress Alexander is single handedly keeping them in the playoff push right now, and I. Heck, aren't they? They're the what are they? They're the AC. They're right behind us. But if they win tonight, they go to seven. I think no, they go to yeah, they go to seven. So, man, like we could like we talk now. This this might be a little out there, but just go with me. We talk bird magic. We talk um, like we we talk LeBron and Wade and stuff like that. How about Shea Gildress? Shay and and Ant as this this generation's like, like rivalry. It. It, I it like definitely it. Could. throw Memphis it, in there too. I mean, yeah, they're going to be they're fun to battle against too. But what I like about OKC is they've got and it's it's easy to do when you've got a lot of young hungry guys. Is mm-hmm. they play hard. They they you know they work hard. They've got a lot of guys that are trying to establish themselves mm-hmm. in their NBA pedigree. Um, they got that Williams kid, the rookie who's a stud. Yeah, Jalen. Um, they got two Jalen Williams on their team. Yeah, I mean they're gonna be they're gonna be solid, but they're also gonna have to pay these guys in about four years, three years. So yeah, they're gonna have to break up the Beatles. So we'll see what happens. Um, they have to make sure they make the right moves. They pick the right guys. They don't overpay guys. There's a lot to team building, mm-hmm. but they're good. They're fun to watch. You know. And uh, I'd be more than happy to take in whatever rivals want to come at us because I think that we're about that. And with Anthony Edwards as our leader, I don't think he's backing down from anybody. So, uh, so bring it. Do you think now, now obviously, and we'll get back to the wolves in a minute, but now obviously it's hard to know at this point. And, and obviously we're talking about Paul George at a tough time right now because he's injured. But do you think any Clipper fans are regretting the Paul George trade a little bit, looking at Shea Gilders Alexander? <laughs> like, think think about Kawhi and Shea. Think about that. Like, that could be a dynamic duo. Yeah, for a lot longer. Um, yeah, it could be. I mean, but, 
you can't. Uh, hopefully, most fans understand that you can't. You can't do that. Yeah. yeah. Well, because who knows what Shea how he would have developed without being able to literally have the ball in his hands one hundred percent of the time, like he has had at OKC. Like, mm-hmm. would he would he develop the same game? Would it have been different? Who knows? But um, I mean, he was established as a hell of a player when they traded him. So it's not like it was a complete shot in the dark. Right. Um, so yeah, I'm sure there's, I'm sure there's some regret for sure. Yeah. And the, the other, the, the other trade that I wanted to bring up, um, I, I haven't, I haven't really looked, I got to look how, how Bones Highland is doing in, uh, actually we were just talking about, I don't about think he's doing court. anything. Well, is he hurt? Is he hurt right now? Cause he hasn't, the, no. the last three games stats wise says he hasn't played. So I think he's just like their fourth point guard right now. Oh, really? Oh, okay. So maybe we ranked Bones Highland a little too high, or maybe we would have a different role here. But do you think that if we would have done the Bones Highland trade, it would have made any difference or no? It would have been interesting because then it like, well, you know, would we have been playing Naw at all? Like That's true. Um, I love seeing him out there, and it, it would be definitely more of an offensive uh, uh, pickup, but I like having – I like having um, Alexander Walker defending everybody. I mean, he was locking up Trey Young about as good as McDaniel's was last night. So, um, you know, it's one of those things where maybe we maybe we lucked into maybe we lucked into not getting that talent because we'll save a couple second round picks and we'll put those resources into um, Alexander Walker. Yeah, you know, it's looking like it's looking like the Clippers are kind of burying him on the bench because he it looks like he lasts unless he got hurt which I don't think he did it says his last so. his last five games uh for the Clippers his here's a shooting percentage 50 okay 42.9 36.4 11 and, and that's not the way you want it to go and now now granted the it's looking like four out of five were losses, but his plus minus minus one minus seven eight minus four minus eleven, and we're talking limited minutes. Not a, he didn't play over sixteen minutes in any of those games. Yeah, I mean, and that was a knock. He had one of the worst pl- uh, plus minuses in the NBA um, before that trade. But then again, you know, who knows? Like, was he playing with? Jokic for any of that time like you take Jokic off that team and I'm guessing plus minus drops for everybody on the court so um who knows but I'm happy with what we're at and that's what we got and uh you know we're definitely going to have to to answer some point guard questions this offseason absolutely uh how how much do you know uh how much does is not is he good through next year or not he is a restricted free agent after this season. So yeah. um, we should be able to get which him is for- great because no, nothing. No one's going to offer him anything. We'll be able to get him if we want him for whatever we want. I'm guessing I would be very surprised if he's making over six million next year. Yeah, yeah. I, I think we should be able to get him. Just put a flyer on him, make him because I I'm he he adds he adds a little more offense. Than than J Mac. Now J Mac, he does good things when he's on the court, but the the thing is, um, I don't know. J Mac just doesn't seem like he just doesn't have the offensive upside, and and 
I'm sorry, but he's too short. Like he can't he can't go over him. He gets blocked every time. Keep J Mac on the roster as our third point guard. Yeah, I agree. That's fine. You know, we need a we need a third point guard. Be like J Mac, listen, we're gonna give you two million a year. Or or go find an, another job. If you can find another job somewhere else, go right ahead. But he's he's under contract for next year still, J Mac is. So we'll give you a whole nother year to check you out. Um, and then maybe we'll go with um Alexander Walker and Connolly. Um, or who knows? Or whoever like we yeah. could. I mean, it's and, and it I think the the Finch's system is so different where it's complete ball movement, where I don't think we need a true quote unquote point guard. Like we don't run a lot of pick and roll. Um and, and last night when we made the of course it's just last night, but we made the big run and essentially our point guard was um slow mo and our shooting guard was Prince. Mm-hmm. So we definitely didn't have very many ball handlers or anything. But we move the ball. If you move the ball as a team, you don't need that, you know, that heavy dribble point guard kind of thing. So maybe we'll move some guys, some pieces, and we'll bring in a three and D shooting guard or something like that. Mm-hmm. So now we keep our six six, you know, instead of going six one at point guard, we got a guy that's like six six. And now that's a beast for the other team's point guard to go up against defensively. Mm-hmm. Um I, I think I think with our system and with our lineup, everything's going to be wide open. And I'm really excited for this offseason because we're finally getting to the point as a Timberwolves fan where, like, these couple moves are just sharpening the blade and it might take us from, you know, a, a five seed to a two seed or, or mm-hmm. maybe better. Like, it sounds crazy to say the Timberwolves as a two, three seed, but – we're like five games away from being a three seed right now. And without Carl Anthony Towns for 52 games to think that we couldn't have squeezed out five more wins, uh, I think is a little ridiculous. So Mm -hmm. I don't think there's a reason why we shouldn't be looking at this team as a top four, top three team next year, talent wise. Right. I totally agree. Uh, So, uh, so let's look at going, by the way, I, I was using natural light. Uh, for for the podcast coming in through my blinds and the as we've gone forward the sun has gone down so if I look a little darker that's why but uh, we'll, we'll just wrap up quickly so uh, we got a little we got a little time off wait till Sunday and hopefully comes back we got the Warriors and then we got the Kings and then I believe let's see here and then we got the Phoenix Sun. and the Lakers Phoenix and Lakers so it's gonna be a tough stretch but Hopefully we're at full strength uh, for it, and we can make a run. We seem to play better against good teams, so we'll, we'll see. That. And those are the games. The the four games after that are all kind of against scrubs. I think it's like Toronto, San Antonio, maybe a couple times, and maybe Houston or something. Yeah. Here. So we should. Yeah. Finish those. Yeah. Uh, so we got. Let's see. Uh, so home against the Blazers, then. Uh, road against the Nets, which we should have beat last time. Home against – or on the road against the Spurs. I mean, I know they gave us trouble at the beginning of the season, but come on. like They've given up. Yeah, they're done. <laughs> and then we end the season against the Pelicans. Who knows if Zion will be there, and who knows if the Pelicans will even be in it. So. The Pelicans are dead. They're dying. They're like the 12th seed now. Um. 
Yeah, I would say these next four games make or break our seating. Um, I want to at least go two and two. I agree. Uh, I think we, I think we almost need to, um, but we could easily sweep them. I mean, there's none of those teams that scare us. We, mm-hmm. we, you know, we've beat them all. Um, the Suns, Suns look yeah. bad right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Suns don't look good. Uh, the Kings we've beat. The Lakers. You know, let's hope LeBron's not back. Who knows? Right. Because um, they're looking pretty tough. Uh, and you know what? Maybe it'd almost be better if LeBron was back, the, like, and it's like his first game back because then, like, you know, everybody doesn't know really their role again. Everything's being reshuffled. Catch him right on that, like, uh, mm-hmm. organizational period. But right, we need to go two and two minimum. I agree. So I think we'll put a pin in it there. Uh, Chris, thanks so much for being here tonight. Yeah, no problem. Thank you. Absolutely. And this is the Everything's Coming Up Timberwolves podcast. Make sure to like, share, and subscribe on YouTube and give us a thumbs up and uh, give us five stars on Spotify. And as always, go Wolves. That's right.